Well, today we're going to go ahead and finish our Money Talks series. So if you're new with us inside your bulletin, you'll find a sermon note sheet that will help you better follow along. Perhaps you heard about the preacher who was trying to get his congregation excited about the future of the church. And so he said to them, this church is like a crippled man who needs to get up and walk. And the congregation responded, let it walk, preacher, let it walk. The preacher went on, this church is like Elijah on Mount Carmel, it's got to run. And the congregation responded, let it run, preacher, let it run. And then he said, this church has got to mount up with wings like eagles and fly. And the congregation responded, oh, preacher, let it fly, let it fly. And then the preacher said, now if this church is going to fly, it's going to take money. And the congregation responded, let it walk, preacher, let it walk. (laughs) I guess there wasn't a whole lot of enthusiasm when the preacher brought up the subject of money. That's how it tends to go. I really don't think that's true with this church. I think you guys get it more than the average church does. I hope as we've been working our way through this series that you have begun to understand why money is such an important subject to talk about. My hope is that as you have learned biblical truths through this series, that that you're going to be able to apply them, and it's going to help you be a very good steward of the resources that God has entrusted to you. Now, one last money talk we need to have as we bring this series to a close. I've entitled today's message, Dollars and Cents. If I'm going to make good sense out of my finances, if I'm going to manage my money well, I'm going to need two essential things. First, I need a budget. Everybody say budget. Okay. If you don't learn to budget to some degree or another, chances are your finances will remain a mess. You'll continue to perpetuate debt in your life. You'll you'll waste a lot of your hard-earned money that you could have been saving for your future. Not to mention, you're going to limit your ability to make a difference for God in the things of this world when it comes to using your treasure. A lack of budget is the number one reason so many people never get out of financial crisis mode. In fact, some of you are in financial crisis mode, and I'm not saying that's the only reason, but a lot of the reasons people can't get out of that mode is because they never learn how to budget. Now, as in my experience as a pastor over the last 23 years, I have come to realize that there are a couple of things that often hinder people from implementing a budget, okay? Let me share them with you. The first is blame, okay? Well, listen, I got all these problems because of my ex, or my parents, or, you know, my job, and my, or the economy. You know, if the Republicans would get it together, if the Democrats would get it together, then I wouldn't be in such a mess. Now, listen to me very carefully. It may be true that, 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 that there was some relationships in your life that caused you a lot of debt problems, and it may be true that other fi- factors play into your finances, but here's what I want you to understand. Blame always stops us from taking responsibility, And if you don't take responsibility, regardless of how you ended up financially where you are, I'm not saying it was right, I'm not saying it was fair, but here you are. If you don't take responsibility, no one else is going to do that for you. And here's what I know. It's easier to blame than it is to budget. Don't let blame stop you from engaging in the budget 
process. Now, here's the second thing that often stops people from budgeting, and it's a big lie. Here's the lie. Well, if I had more money, I'd budget. Because, you know, budgeting is for rich people. It's for people that have money. I live paycheck to paycheck. Listen, that is a lie. Don't believe it. That lie becomes an excuse for many people because a budget, listen to me, works for rich people, poor people, and all those in between because please don't miss this. Budgeting is a discipline issue. It's a discipline issue, okay? It requires time. It requires work. It requires effort and energy and discipline. An effective budget only happens through discipline. Not only do I need a budget if I'm going to manage my money well, but also I need a plan. Everybody say a plan. You need a plan. Okay. Let me see if I can illustrate how both a plan and a budget work together to help you manage your money. Okay. What if I told you that I got a plan and my plan is to burn this piece of paper. And the only resource that I have to do that with is the sun, you know, big ball fire in the sky. I have no matches. I have no lighters. I only have the sun. Here's the good news. The sun is very powerful, right? On its surface, the temperature could get up to 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. It certainly has the power to catch this piece of paper on fire. So imagine with me that I take this piece of paper outside. It's the hottest day of the year. I'm in the hottest place in the planet, uh, wherever that may be. And my plan is I'm going to place this on the ground and wait for it to catch on fire. That's my plan. Question, if I take that approach, am I going to succeed? No. No. No amount of waiting is going to catch this piece of paper on fire. Listen, I can pray all I want. I can do a little fire dance around it. I can wish and hope all I want. Oh, please catch on fire. It's not going to happen. But what if I had a tool that enabled me to catch the sun's rays and focus them on this paper? Okay? What if I had this? Okay? Okay? Do I have a chance now of lighting that piece of paper on fire? Yes. yes. You know that because some of you burned ants with this when you were young. <laughs> Listen, the sun is a powerful resource. But when you're able to harness its rays, its light becomes even more powerful. Okay? You say, okay, okay, pastor, what does this have to do with my finances? How does this relate? Well, think about this. Much like the sun, money is very powerful. It's a very powerful force in this world, but it becomes even more powerful when you're able to focus it to accomplish your financial plans. So here's what you need. You need a plan. You need a financial plan. And number two, you're going to need a a tool to help you accomplish that financial plan. And that tool is called a budget. You got that? I need to be able to have a, a tool where I can focus my money in on accomplishing my plan. So what I want to do is I want to talk to you first about having a financial plan and then about creating a budget. So let's first talk about 
why having a plan is so important. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. It tells us this. The plans of the diligent lead to what? As surely as haste leads to poverty. So understand, planning is often the difference between success and failure. Okay, listen to me. Most people do not profit by luck. That's what we think. And most people who are in poverty are not in poverty by luck. Okay? This scripture verse tells us that having a plan is linked to profit and not having a plan is linked to poverty. Okay? Often that's the case. I realize there are circumstances, but often that's the case. It's especially true when it comes to finances. If you do not have a plan for your spending, here's the deal, you'll end up being very loose with how you spend your money. Okay? You'll end up spending it on anything and everything that stirs your appetites or your emotions. And here's what I know about my appetites. My appetites, my human appetites will pick immediate gratification over long-term security every single time. Okay? My, my appetites, are, they're hasty. They, they want it now, and haste leads to poverty. Now, I want you to notice something else in the verse. It doesn't say that everyone who has a plan succeeds or every single plan will succeed. The verse says the plans of the what? Diligent lead to profit. Now, that's a very interesting Hebrew word, and I, I spent way too much time in this one word studying it this week, but let me give you a little snapshot. It literally, it's an interesting word. It means constantly sharp, strict, or pointed, continually working at something. It takes diligence to work out a financial plan. Because the, sometimes the best laid plans don't always work out like you thought they were going to work out. How many found that to be true about life? Listen, life changes, right? Life happens. Unexpected challenges come your way. Economic variables can shift in a moment. Sometimes you take two steps forward and you take one step back. This is why you must learn to be diligent. Listen, many times people will say, Pastor, I tried this budgeting thing and it really didn't work for me. And inevitably what happens is they got frustrated and they just gave up on it. You have to be diligent when it comes to managing your finances because life happens. Things change. Priorities will shift at different stages in your life. Diligence is the key. You understand this is more than a financial sermon. This is a life sermon, right? Okay? Things, things will shift. Diligence is the key. You have to work at it. So think about this. Remember the Hebrew word for, for diligence there? Listen, when you, cut, when you have a knife and you're cut, cutting things constantly, what happens to that knife? It starts to get dull. So you have to be diligent to do what? I have to, I have to spend the time to make sure I keep going back and sharpening it. I have to, if I have something pointed and it's start, I'm using it all the time, I've got to make sure I go back and make sure that the point gets reestablished. This is how it works. You have to be diligent. If you are not diligent, you will get frustrated and quit very quickly. Now, with that being said, the big idea in this verse here is diligence versus haste. Those who have a plan and work at it versus those who just live impulsively. Listen, most of our debt comes because we don't have a specific plan and then don't have the diligence to follow through with that plan. 
John Beckley said this, most people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. And the Bible says the very same thing, but it says it in a different way. Look at this, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no what? Vision. Where there is no plan, the people what? Perish. What I want to do is I want to share with you four reasons that you need to have a financial plan. Number one, a plan gives me direction. Okay, here's what I know. If you don't have a plan, you tend to wonder. You tend to just get blown by the wind, by the appetites of life, by the lust of your flesh. You have to have a plan or you will get lost or you find yourself in a place that you never thought you would end up or wanted to go. A plan gives me direction, okay? It helps me know which way I should be headed. Number two, a plan defines my priorities. Oh, this is big. Okay, listen to me now. This is so big for us as Americans. Not everything that presents itself to you should become a priority. Not everything that you see other people doing should become a priority for you. Okay, here's why. You can't do everything. Nor should you try. That's why some of us are in financial trouble because the world says, look, you can have it all because the American dream says you can have everything. No, you can't. Even if you had all the money in the world, you can't do everything because your time is limited. So you have to pick what you are going to do and when you are, what you are not going to do. And here's the thing about priorities. If you don't set them for yourself, if you don't set your priorities for your life, someone else will set them for you. Your creditors will set them for you. Madison Avenue will set them for you. The world will set them for you. All the while enriching their own pockets, playing off of your appetites. Reeling you in to get more money out of you. The world works to enslave you to the lust of your flesh so that they can profit. Do you understand that? And they may lead you down roads lead to addictions and all kinds of things in your life that you never really wanted in your life. So what does a plan do? Plan defines my priorities. And let me say this too. It's okay that your priorities are different than somebody else's. There are all kinds of good priorities out there, but the priorities that you're working on that God may want you to pursue may be different from this person over here. That's okay. We got to stop trying to be like everybody else. We got to stop trying to make sure our Facebook posts are celebrating our life like everybody else's life is being celebrated. Because some of us are spending way too much money trying to look good rather than be in good financial shape. Here's number three. Well, I'm stepping on toes. That's okay. Number three, a plan then helps me stay disciplined. Okay, did you ever notice that our, that our society is set up to help you be undisciplined. Okay, let me give you an example. Think about the grocery store. Do you understand there's a reason the milk is in the back of the store? Because you got to walk by aisles and aisles of specials, and you're on your way back to the milk, and you're like, look at that, Oreos, two for one. Okay, I get in trouble. My wife sends me to, for the store for one thing, and I come back with five, and I'm like, don't, then don't send me, right? That's the, that's the lesson. But, but you... The store's set up that way, and then you get to the front, and you're like, you know what, I can grab one of those sodas there, and there's all kind of candies that look good. It's set up 
to capitalize on undisciplined people. Now, I'm not saying you can't buy that stuff if you want. You can. But my, my point is, is that's the way our society is set up. If you have a plan, if you know what you're trying to accomplish, you're more inclined to be disciplined then. So here's what a plan helps you do. Are you ready for this? A plan helps you say no. Think of it this way. A plan is like a red light. It tells you when to stop and it tells you when to go. And sometimes when you need to slow down and proceed with caution. A plan also helps you stay on task, right? It helps you stay on track. I mean, you know, you, if you were going to Los Angeles, if your goal was to leave here, I'm going to go visit Los Angeles, would you just get on any road and say, I hope this gets me to Los Angeles? No, you, you got it. There's a plan. And, and the way that works now is we put it in our, our Google Maps or whatever our car has. Do you understand that, it, that, is, a, that is a plan, right? You're, you're, you're putting it in because I want to know how to get to where I need to go because not all roads will take me where I want to end up. And so what a plan does is it helps me stay disciplined. It helps me stay on track and it helps me get there quicker than I would otherwise. Here's number four. A plan helps me focus my money. Okay? It helps me focus my resources, concentrate my resources to accomplish my plan. So once again, I've got, I've got priorities. I've got a plan. I've got limited resources. And so what I want to do is I don't want to just waste those resources coming into my life. I want to be able to harness them in such a way that I can focus them on what I'm trying to accomplish. Now, here's the thing about a plan. In my opinion, if it's not written down, you don't have much of a plan. It's a semi-plan. you got a daydream. Okay? There is something about writing it down that gets your feet now moving in that direction. The Bible echoes the same truth. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. What's the first word? It says what? Write the vision, write the plan, and make it plain on tablets that he who may run, that he may run who reads it. Write it down. Get it out of the daydream mode. Okay, that's how you start to make it a, a reality. We have a lot of dreams in our life, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's where it starts. It starts in our mind. But when we start to put it on paper and we start to sort it out, all of a sudden we start to go, those are the things that need to be the priority, and these are the things that don't need to be the priority. Now, as you can see, I expanded your note sheet this week. I know only I would do that, right? I'm going to give you a, just an example of a financial plan, Okay. This is just an example. You could come up with your own plan. You could come up with your own categories, but it's important to write it down. Why? Because you need to sort out what is a priority and what is not. So look at this. Start with what are my giving goals? What would I like to give percentage-wise to God? And I want to define this is how my giving. This is what I would, this would be my goals in giving. This is how I want to do that. And then there's debt repayment goals. Okay, what debts would I like to pay off? List them all there. And then there's educational goals if that fits your life. You know, there's some things I'd like to do educationally to put myself in a better position. That's a, that's a priority for me. Some of you, you're past your education, but you've got kids. And they're this little right now, but college is coming quicker than you think. 
And so you got to think about, okay, how much do I want to have saved? What would be my goal when they go to, go to college? And then there's lifestyle goals, right? There's things like, you know, okay, I got purchases to make. I've got a car coming up. I, I'd, like to, like to, I'd like to do this. We'd like to remodel that. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, but what is a priority and what is not? What can I do now? What, can I, what has to wait down the road? And then there's savings and investing, boy, I'd really like to think about saving this percentage. And this will be different when you think about it, depending on what age you are. If you're younger, you could, you could save, save a little bit less. When you're older, you could probably got to save a little bit more because you're playing catch up, right? So you put it down on paper. And then when you go through this whole thing, what you do is go, what are my goals for this year? Okay, here's, here's why. Here's why we get frustrated. It's such a big dream Then we go, how are we going to accomplish this? Let me tell you, do you know how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, okay? Rome wasn't built in a day. You're not going to accomplish all this in a day. What do I, what's the next step? That's what you need to be concerned about. What's the next step that I need to take in the immediate future in order for me to get to where I need to go? Now, First, I need this. What do I need? I need a plan, and then I need a tool, which is called a what? Helps me focus and pinpoint my money and direct it rather than it just going out and flowing out in all kind of other places. Now, how do I focus my money to achieve my financial plans? Okay, let me take it a step further. Written budget. I got to write the plan down. But you also need a written budget. Now, when I say that, I'm, I, that may be electronic, Uh, The good news is you live in a world where you can download tons of financial apps and tools right at your fingertips. Okay, so this could be an electronic version. Most of you, that's what we do in our house now. Everything's electronic for us. Okay, many of you would rather have a root canal than work on a written budget. Now, for those of you that already have a budget and are diligent about it, I'm preaching to the choir here this morning. John Maxwell said this, a budget is people telling their money where to go instead of, it, instead of wondering where it went. Dave Ramsey puts it this way, money won't behave unless you learn to tame it, right? Unless you learn to gather it and focus it. So I want you to think about this, a budget. A budget is a lot like a, a, a dam that holds back water, okay? Okay, think about that. A dam is nothing more than a water budget. It helps control water in a similar way that a budget helps you control your money. So think about it. When you build a dam, what happens is is you end up with a reservoir of water behind that dam. Well, when you have a budget, now you have an opportunity to build a reservoir of funds in your life, okay? A dam controls water flowing in and out down, down down the river, right? So, so there's gates that open on that dam that control the water, and, and, when and, and, and they make decisions on how many gates do we open, how much water do we let flow through. Listen, a budget will help you with cash flow. It helps you understand, oh, I got to close that gate. Oh, I, can, I got permission here. I can open that gate. I can allow funds to flow out for this. Not only that, it helps you Focus on certain things. So you can, you, can, uh, you can use your budget to help you work on projects or, or things. So think about this. A, a dam, when it, it, when it releases water, a lot of times it releases water to go through that dam to create electricity, right? 
or it releases water to flow in certain avenues in order to irrigate farmland. Listen, the same thing can happen with your finances. What happens is now I can work on my plans because I'm controlling this thing and I I have the power to release this this funds that now I am directing rather than it just gushing through and being through my life so quickly. And now I can use it more strategically for kingdom purposes because I've created reservoir and I've created margin to store up treasures in heaven through meeting needs of people. Now, some of you are saying, I don't see the budget in the Bible. Well, it's in there. Let me show you. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23. It says, be sure to know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever. And a crown is not secure for all generations. When the hay is removed and the new growth appears and the grass from the hills is gathered in, the lambs will provide you with clothing and the goats with the price of the field. You will have plenty of goat's milk to feed you and your family and to nourish your servant girls. Why is it important to budget? Okay, Dante, go back a slide there. Here's why it's important. Notice what I've highlighted. Because riches do not what? Endure forever. This is why. Because you don't have an endless supply of riches. You don't have an endless supply of time in your life. And what I love about this verse is that not only does it tell us why we must learn to budget, but it gives us the essentials to budgeting. And let me, let me draw your attention to them as we finish this whole thing up. Essential number one, if you're going to budget, is you got to learn how to keep good records. you got to learn how to keep good records. Look at this. Proverbs 27, verse 23. Be sure to what? Know the condition of your flocks. I don't know if you've ever been in the place where I've been in my life at times when I thought, I don't, like, you know, I don't know what's in my bank account. I don't know how much is there. I don't, don't, don't raise your hand, but some of you, you live like that. You never know what's in there. You're just hoping and guessing you're not going to overdraw. You've got to learn to keep good records. What do I need to know if I'm going to do this whole budget thing? Let me give you a few things. First of all, I need to know what I have. Accuracy is important if I'm going I'm to harness my money well. So let me tell you what this means. One of the things this means is you should be constantly reconciling your, your bank account every single month. You get an electronic statement. You get a paper statement. You ought to look at that every single month and go, I need to do the checks and balances, make sure what's cleared, what's not. I need to make sure that what is in my bank account is actually in my bank account because I don't want to make decisions on my finances not knowing what's really in there. Okay. One of the thing, big things that happens here at the church every single month, me and the financial bookkeeper, we sit down to, to find to the, 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 the finances before we send it for review to the treasurer. And before we do that, the very first thing that has to be done is make sure we reconcile the last month because that's important because we got to know where we are before we manage everything else. Number two, I need to know what I owe. Okay, I need to have a list. I need to know what all my bills are. Number three, I need to know what I make. That's really important. So all your finances in your home, everything that contributes to income, you need to put that together and you got to find out what is that number per month. And then you need to know what I spend on what, okay? 
You know you spend, but the question is, do you know how much you spend on what? That's a very important question. Now, I have a budget worksheet for you there. Just an example. You can do this. You can find your own. There's all kinds of resources, but I wanted to put something visually in front of you to understand how to create a budget, okay? So let's look at this just for a second. First box up there is monthly income, okay? What is my salaries? You know, and you, have, you have, may have more than one, maybe other income, okay? What is my total gross income? Now, I know what comes out of that. I want to honor God with my tithe, and then I, I got to pay my taxes, and then I have my net spendable income, okay? You understand you have to budget on your net spendable what? This is what you budget off of. And then you go down the categories, and you get to fill this out how you want to fill it out. Some categories may be blank, some may not. Um, you, could, you can then determine, is there other things I want to give to? And then there's food, there's groceries. And then there's how much do we want to eat out? What's our budget for that? And then there's the snacks. Did I pick on Rural Farms last week in this service? Okay, this is where the rural, coffee, rural farm coffees come in, and you start to figure out what I'm spending on what, and you're going, oh my gosh, I got to cut that back, but I have a budget now, so I know I can do it this many times per month and not get in trouble. And then there's housing. You got your mortgage and your rent and your insurance and your property tax, and then there's clothing, and then there's utilities and maintenance, and that's self-explanatory, you know, your phone, internet, garbage, heating oil, gas, whatever it may be, personal, uh, household personal, and then there's car and transportation. I need to know what my bills are. What are my car payments, right? How much am I averaging per month uh, in gas in our lifestyle? I want to know that number, okay? Uh, then there's car insurance, and then there's license and car registration. How many know you got to register your car in Maryland every two years? And then there's things like emissions, but some of you live in Kent County or you don't have to do that. <laughs> The rest of us and all the other kinds, we got to do emissions like every once or two, or two years. I need to think about what those costs are and work them into my budget. And then you turn on the back there, there's health, there's medical insurance, there's co-pays, um, and then there's legal services, and then there's school, and then there's gifts. Oh, this is my favorite one, okay? Okay, are you ready for this? Christmas is not an emergency. It's on the same place on the calendar every single year. Anybody's birthday in your family is not an emergency. It's on the same place in the calendar every single year. And so what you got to do is you got to figure out what's my budget? What do I spend on each kid for birthday and Christmas? What do we do for, for anniversaries? What do we do for, for this or that? And then there's the random, I got invited to a, a bridal shower. I got invited to this. You got to think about that stuff and work that into your budget because you're going to spend it, aren't you? You think about that stuff. How much does that work out per month? And then there's entertainment. Now, this is my favorite category. There's activities. There's vacations and trips. And I think I told you one of my values is to be relationally rich with my family. That's on my, my goal. One of my plans is vacation every year because it creates memories and it, it allows us to be relationally rich with the family. That's a value for me. So in my house, we save all year long for vacation. Why? And we don't worry about it when it comes. Do you know why? Because it's already in the budget. We don't worry about Christmas when Christmas comes because we've been saving for it all year long because it's already in the budget. Now you go here. Entertainment, pets. All right, follow me for a second. I love my little Sheltie Daisy. She's one of my girls. I love her to death, but she's entertainment. Okay? Every time you add an animal in your house, 
You're spending money. There's vet bills. There's all kinds of things. There's food. You got to think about that. You got to think, when I do vet, all those kinds of things, dog food, what does it cost me per month to have this pet? A lot. Okay? And then there's debt, and then there's savings and investments. How much do I want to put in retirement? How much do I want to build my emergency fund by? Okay? When you start to budget, all of a sudden, you start to work these things out. Now, when you first do this, you see at the end, you're going to find, here's my net spendable income. Here's my, total, my, my living expenses. And some of you are going to do this and go, oh my gosh, I'm in the hole. Don't give up. This is now where you got to learn to be diligent. Okay? This is where you got to begin to think. And you got to think about how I got to, to manage this now. Okay? So, I want you to think about this. In order to have a budget, you got to keep good records you got to track your, your spending next. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23. Give careful attention to your herds. For riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. So let me show you how this kind of goes together. And like I said, if you do this electronically, it'll put it all together easy for you. You just have to be diligent about it. If you just do a plan like this and a budget, this is not enough you got to track your spending. Do you know why? Because I have to compare it to the budget to see where I'm at. So on this paper, and it's just a paper to show you visually, day of the month, and I have 31 days there just in case there's 31 days in a month, and every day you track how you spent your month, and you add it up, and then you compare it to the budget, and that's going to where you're going to find that now I'm in a position to manage it because I can make good, sound decisions based off of solid numbers. Okay, so let me tell you what that means sometimes. Sometimes we do a budget and we go, wow, I really over-budgeted there. I got all these extra funds here that I need to move into another category. Okay, or you go, oh my gosh, we're really missing the mark here. I got to figure out some other areas that now I need to pull from. This is what a budget and tracking your spending will do because a budget without tracking your spending will be worthless to you. Are you still with me? Okay. Once again, lots of electronic apps. We've set every one of our girls up with apps and, 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 and how they manage their money. It's, it, it's just a wonderful thing. You have so many resources at your fingertips. So if I keep good records and I track my spending, now I'm, I'm in position number three to manage my finances. Okay? And, and I'm not going to read the scripture verse there uh, again, but you, you get it. I, I'm going to have plenty. I'm going to know how all this could be managed so it all works together. And I got to be diligent with it because things change. Some of you think that you can do a budget one time a year and be good. Can I tell you? It's, sometimes it's a monthly thing. You got to work at it. Okay. And I always say this, I don't work for the budget. The budget works for me. I put it to work for me, and I've got to make adjustments as I go along the way. Now, here's the question. Options when your expenses are greater than your income, okay? Here's the options you have, and sometimes it's a combination of them. Option number one is I can take on more debt. How many know that's not a good option? That's not where you want to be. Option number two, I've got to earn more money. Now, that option may be a legitimate option. And maybe I got to get another job or I got to get a different job. That may be the option that you choose depending on your financial plans. Remember, you get to what? Choose. You're a steward of your resources. Number three, here's the next option. I could spend less. 
I got to figure out where I can cut the budget. I got to figure out what we can do and can't do. Listen, there have been some years in our, my married life that our birthday presents to one another was a new washing machine. How many know what, you're, what I'm talking about? Sometimes that's the choice you make. This is how it's going to work out this year. It just is what it is. And then there's make a lifestyle adjustment. Now that's an option too. Some of you may be living in a house that you can't afford. I'm just saying, sometimes you have to look and say, well, if we're going to live on this income and we're going to, this is our plans, we're not going to be able to stay in this house. Maybe we need to downsize. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a bigger house if you've got it worked out and you can afford it. Amen. I'm just sharing with you, you got options that you have to choose. The, the good option is not, I'm just going to sit here and hope it all gets better. That's stupidity. Okay. Now, you say, but pastor, I'm a person of faith. Oh, don't get me started on this one. So am I. And there are legitimate times when I look at my finances and I look where I'm at and I say, I'm going to have to trust God here. That's legit. But here's the deal. If I budget, keep good records, manage it well, I know what type of step of faith I'm taking. It's okay to take a step of faith but know what type of step of faith you're taking because I have learned that there's a fine line between faith and stupidity if you're not careful. Here's the other thing. If I really know where my finances are and I know God's calling me to take a step of faith, then I'm quick to recognize how big of a miracle God's doing in my life because I know the numbers. This is why it's so important that you learn how to make dollars and cents out of your finances. Because here's the deal. I want to have a plan. I want to have a tool, not just so I can live and survive. That's important, but so I can thrive and make a difference for the kingdom of God in this world. And when I do this and this, I'm creating reservoir. I'm creating margin. I'm creating opportunities for God to use me more because I'm a good steward of my resources. Amen. All right. Well, you have survived. Congratulations. You've made it through the Money Talks series. Hey, I want to say this to you financial peace uh, people. We got class five tonight. It's been a wonderful class. Don't make the mistake of thinking just because you went through the class, everything's going to be great. You've got to now do the what? You've got to learn how to now sharpen the knife. You know how to sharpen the knife. You've got to learn how to be diligent about it and work with it from this day forward. Would you stand with me, everybody in the room? Would you stand? I'm going to ask my prayer partners if you guys would go ahead and come and get ready. I want to pray over you about this area. And then when we dismiss, if you need prayer for anything in your life, we'll be up here ready to talk to you, ready to, ready to, to, to pray with you over those areas in your life. Father, I come to you right now, Lord, and I thank you for this congregation, Lord, and I thank you for their lives, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that, that you have given us an opportunity to make a difference for you in this life. And Lord, I pray in the area of our finances that you would help us, Lord. I pray that the seeds that were planted in this series in our hearts and in our minds, Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would grow them right now in the name of Jesus. That a new diligence, a new, a new mindset would begin to take root, Lord. And that, Lord, we would be patient, that we would work at it, that we would learn to be sharp in this area. And that we could do a lot of amazing things for you. Lord, we just love you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we all said together, 
Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer, go ahead and come.